0: Hello and welcome to the Long Covid Physio Podcast. My name is Darren Brown, I'm a physiotherapist and I am living with Long Covid and today is our very first podcast and we have our first guest. So Sue, welcome and please introduce yourself.
1: Thanks Darren, um, my name's Suzanne and I'm a therapy tech for the NHS. Um, I work on a respiratory high care ward.
0: Fantastic. Well, thank you for joining us on our very first long COVID physio podcast. Um, We're we're both amateurs at this, aren't we? We don't really know what we're doing. Um, So we're just going to keep it loose. We might have a little bit of a structure today, but maybe not. I've got a cup of tea just to make sure that it is kept loose, yes? Oh, look at you! And then, as it's all amateur, I'm sure that my door will go at some point because I am expecting an Amazon delivery today, so who knows what'll happen. Um, But so I'm actually really excited that we're doing this together as a first for a couple of reasons. So the first is, it's your birthday! Happy birthday! (laughs) (laughs) And also, your birthday's on New Year's Eve. So what's all that about?
1: I know. All I know is I ruined my mum's first ever party. She was making sandwiches, and then boom, she didn't get to go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And Sue, we're also both children of Essex, I believe. We are from the motherland. (laughs) The motherland, yeah. (laughs) So, where are you based now, Sue?
1: I live in the New Forest now in Hampshire.
0: Oh, lovely. Well, I'm over in London, so not that close, but not that far either. But
1: we're both tier four now. (laughs) Say that again? We're both tier four now.
0: Yes, I know. It's all changed, hasn't it? So who knows what that means in the future, hey? But um, challenging times indeed. Uh, So the other reason I'm also really excited is because we both met actually online, didn't we? We haven't met in person. Oh, no.
1: I just happened to see your Facebook post. You was um, commenting commenting on like a, a feed regarding COVID and how you were doing and I just happened to like respond to you underneath and start messaging you.
0: Yeah so we had a good little chinwag didn't we? Yeah then,
1: we did yeah. And, and then after
0: that it's kind of really where Long COVID Physio came from wasn't it because
1: yeah,
0: yeah. we connected and we just sort of found others like us so <laughs>
1: And it's really nice to have that group as well. So we're all muddling through it together, aren't we?
0: Yeah, yeah. Shared experiences is so important. So Sue, I was wondering whether you would be so kind to share your story of living with long COVID in your words, in any way that you want.
1: (laughs) Um, Living with long COVID, I suppose, you know the main words are just pace 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 rest as well um i i started doing um uh like a fatigue diary and a symptom diary to try and see if there was any pattern but there really isn't you you can sometimes feel yourself going downhill you can feel the the fatigue really intensifying and then sometimes it's just the boom and it just comes from nowhere Mm-hmm. and um, it can really pull the, the rug from under your feet because sometimes you're feeling so good, you've had a really good day, um, you know, you think, oh, you know, I, f- I feel so well. I think, um, uh, you know, I'm on the home straight now and I'm over it and all of a sudden, boom, the rug's gone again. You feel fatigued. You know, there's f- people suffer from se- various symptoms from it, um, you know, and it's so individual. But um, yeah, the fatigue's the main thing for me. Yeah, and just you know, even though you try and pace yourself, sometimes it can seem accumulative. And then sometimes it'll just be boom, and it comes from nowhere really. But um, yeah, someone that's always been like a really like work hard, you know, eighties cliche here, but you know, work hard, play hard kind of person. You know, you know, you work hard when you're at work, and then. Five nights a week, I'd be swimming after work and running over weekends. Someone likes to you know, go up mountains. Um, 2016, I did Killy. the year did after. Did you? Oh, wow. Yeah, it was just awesome experience. And so now I'm left kind of feeling like the shadow of the person that I once was, you know. Am mm. I ever gonna get my fitness that up there again, mm. so that I can carry on doing that kind of thing. Um, and I think that that's the thing that I kind of struggle with like being this, um, kind of unfit kind of person, yeah, kind of really your self esteem affects your self esteem. Um, and where I'm sitting around, I'm you know, the weight's going on. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it's just stuff like that, really. Just coping with it mentally and physically,
0: really, yeah. So, so, so many really interesting parallels there that I feel like I really relate to there. So, um, you know, you were talking about how fatigue is one of your, your really present symptoms and how episodic and unpredictable it's been. How long have you been experiencing long COVID? What's your journey with that time frame?
1: Um, well, I come. I got my symptoms on the seventeenth of April, mm-hmm. and I was initially off work for seven weeks. Quite unwell with it, you know. What was deemed as kind of like a mild case because, um, you know, my breathing, my lungs seemed fine. Um, it was quite bizarre. It was a bit of an adventure in itself, really. Kind of wake up, and think, Ooh, what's in store for me today with it? Um, but yeah, just um, mine seemed more like organ inflammation. Really, I didn't have a cough um initially I just I got up I happened to have a day off work um, and felt really tired and was struggling just to you know do, do the things you kind of do on your day off bit of washing up and, and this and that I just felt really really zonked so I sat down on the sofa fell asleep woke up later with a temperature and for the first three or four days I wasn't too bad and then felt a lot worse come day four or five, kind of really nosedived. Um, found it hard to control the temperature. Um, you know, the upset tummy that all the bog rolls in Tesco's went missing for. <laughs> 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 remember thinking, oh, you know, the penny drops. Oh, that's why all the toilet bubbles have gone. Um, yeah, just like, a re- you know, just really weird symptoms that I didn't think, you know... Happened with COVID really. Uh, Remembering my doctor, and he thought I had pancreatitis um, oh. originally. And he said, No, I don't think you've got COVID. I think you've got pancreatitis. And yeah. because um, I'd always like hot feeling and pain on the right hand side. Um, but yeah, just really bizarre, not what I was expecting at all. And it's not till I went and got my test done, which I did, you know, because I worked for the NHS. I was offered a test and I was in shock when they rang me the next day and said, well, you know, you're COVID positive. And yeah, I was just really shocked. But at that point I wasn't too bad. So I thought, well, if this is COVID, I can manage this. Because at the time, um, you know, you watch, you can watch, you can watch too much telly (laughs) and there was all these stories. You saw people on ventilators and, you know, heard stories. So you kind of, you know, COVID was like a really scary thing. Um, and I didn't know anyone who'd had it. I was the first one, you know, who got it and didn't know anyone else or their experiences. So um, when they rang me, I was just uh, in shock, really, but thought, well, you know, if this is all it is, sort of, you know, what I'd experienced for the first few days, I thought, oh, this is fine. I'm, you know, young and fit. <laughs> I do run in and, you know, just thought I'd be yeah, fine. Yeah. Yeah, and then just sort of went downhill a bit after that. And um, yeah, 16 days of a temperature that was really hard to get down, you know, amongst other stuff. But yeah, it was just bizarre, really. And then sort of like now, um, it's like the fatigue really that mm. I still suffer from.
0: So you had God, that makes you like eight months now, is that yeah, right? Yeah,
1: I'm an eight-monther.
0: You're an 8 monther. I mean, like, it's, it's such a roller coaster, isn't it? Because it sounds like, first of all, you didn't know you had COVID, and then you've developed symptoms that maybe weren't classical, and yes. then it's just progressed, and you're now in this position where you've got these long, lingering, persistent symptoms months and months later. And from what you said earlier, it sounds like it's having a really big impact on your life.
1: Yeah, it is really, yeah, well, totally, really is, um, I'm so, well, I know we can't do much socialising at the moment with lockdown, but I'm normally someone who's, like, really full of energy, um, mm. you know, people see my posts on Facebook, go, oh, you're never at home, are you, always here, there, and everywhere, oh, I saw you doing this on Saturday, I saw you all the way over there on Sunday, and, and now I just sort of, you know go to work and sleep just really tired all the time.
0: Yeah and you talked about pacing and um, the kind of unpredictable nature of that and I wondered how that has been impacting your ability to not only work but also just live your life.
1: Yeah well really it does seem like um, like I'm off resting at the moment but um, I would work and then just sleep, really, and that's it. I kind of keep resting so I was well enough to work, and that has progressively got better mm. um, over like the eight months since I've had it. Um, but um, yeah, you feel like you just literally are working and sleeping, and it's been really difficult for me because you know being such an active person and. You know your chores are still there, and I'm quite a house proud person. So sort of sitting amongst that, you know, a messy home because I haven't got the energy to clean it can make you feel, you know, a, you know, just a bit like down, really. Yeah.
0: Well, Real, so so many important aspects there around kind of like loss of self and yeah,
1: definitely,
0: and almost like mourning what you used to be able to do and. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but like a sense of shame that you can't do what you want to do, or used definitely. to
1: be. Able to do. um definitely in the workplace, um, because people can't see that you're feel tired or you know how you're feeling. You put a bit of makeup on, you do your hair in the morning, you go in and sort of put a brave face on, and um, and it, and because it is so variable, you can have such a good day and then um, a not good day. People don't know how you feel, and they can't see how you feel. And um, and because I'm I'm because I normally am a hundred miles an hour person, it's hard to not be that person. And if you're having a bad day, I'm always like a smiley joker person, and the kind of that is me. That's my identity, yeah. and kind of you know not being that. It's kind of weird, really, as well. So um, I think it's being honest with your colleagues, telling them how you're feeling. Let them know, look, I'm having a bad day. I'm not up to, you know, normally what I can do today. So I'm really going to have to pace myself. Just being honest with them, but really being honest with yourself as well. Um, You know, self-care, the more, well, you know, that saying you can't pour from an empty cup. You know, (laughs) if you don't look after yourself, you're not any good to anyone anyway
0: oh that's such an important message so like what you said there about um the the the, the impact of fatigue being that you just work and rest is actually a message I've heard from so many people living with long COVID but also it's it's not even new really is it because there are many people living with chronic health conditions that have been living with this for donkey's years and people saying these messages for years and you you talked about pacing and obviously that's such an important lesson that we as people living with long COVID has learned from other people living with chronic health conditions uh, but particularly like MECFS but that it's it's so difficult, isn't it? To uh, Even though we've learnt those lessons from other people and we are still learning and we're really grateful to them, you're still living it and it's still new and it's so difficult, isn't it, to kind of yeah. do what you said there, which is be kind to yourself and accept it. That acceptance is so difficult.
1: Yeah, it really is. And I think... You know, being health workers as well, we're great at giving advice. We are terrible at taking advice. Oh,
0: totally. Oh, my God. Yes. (laughs) Do you know what? When you said that you're like a really busy person and everything else, and I was thinking, me too. I used to describe myself as like 100% busy and passionate. And like long COVID has stripped me of all of that because I can't do half the things I want to be able to do. And you, even though I'm now back to work full time, um, uh, I've just finished, like, my phased return, I must admit I am a little bit anxious, I suppose, about what that looks like and being able to manage my my life and my hobbies and the things I'm passionate about beyond that.
1: Yes, yeah, it's, it's adapting, isn't it, really? Um... Well, I found a new hobby, which is water
0: colouring. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Do you know what I bought? I bought, <laughs> I bought a colouring book.
1: <laughs> Next Picasso.
0: <laughs> exactly. We're going to put up all your artwork behind you.
1: <laughs> I'll start pulling it behind me with some price tags on. You yeah, know, please.
0: <laughs> we'll have those little coloured stickers on. That one's the red one. <laughs>
1: But things like that are really good for your mental health as well. And the thing is, the two go hand in hand. You know, you can feel physically rotten, which then affects your mental health, especially when it's been so up and down. And mm-hmm. then you get this false sense of, oh, I'm over this now because I've been OK for a month. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly you have a big fatigue nosedive. And then you're like, oh, I can't believe this again, you know. Yeah. And I think really finding coping mechanisms and strategies um, to really look after your mental health at the moment, you know, is so important. You know, we cut off, we're going through probably like the worst illness we've had in our life. Yeah. Um, and we cut off from all those support networks that you'd normally have in place. I mean, my family is still in Essex. Um, I don't know about yours, but that's where my mum is. Yeah. So, you know, normally if you're not well, Oh mum, come and look after me, come and do me a home cook- meal, you know, and yeah, I, I I that. Able to do that. so it's kind of that, you know self-soothing and finding those coping mechanisms that are going to really help you in these tough times.
0: Yeah, really tough. I'm sorry, that's my doorbell going in the background. I'll is ignore it? yeah <laughs> <laughs> they're not stopping. <laughs> I said that would happen. This is what happens with an amateur podcast, isn't it? You know it's obviously the doorbell is <laughs> going to go in the middle of when you're recording this. But you, So many things there like really resonate with me in such a really strong way about that sense of unpredictability, the ups and downs, the, the the really familiar boom and bust of it all. And you feel like you've got it and you feel like you're on the right track. And then it just comes out of the blue and hits you again, particularly the fatigue. That's what I'm referencing. Um, and it because of that unpredictable nature, it either it either makes you push too far too easily or hold back because you're a bit worried about it. And Mm -hmm. I think that's, I'm in this bit of a limbo with that at the minute, because like, for example, you talked about being a really active person and like, I, 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 I'm, not exercising and I'm putting on the weight because of it. But that's because my my crash, I crashed in September because I didn't realize that exercise was making me worse. And I, I'm, I'm a little bit worried to get back into it because I tried to do it again when I felt like I was getting better and I had a mini relapse because I went into another episode um, because of exercise. And it, it, it is something that just puts a lot of uncertainty on it. And that uncertainty and the worry um, really, really hits home.
1: I must admit I haven't attempted any exercise yet
0: (laughs) well when you're living with this type of symptom where you've got the fatigue and I don't know if you've had this as well but uh, people are talking about post-exertion malaise uh, so which is where any type of exertion so that can be physical cognitive mental or emotional can kind of exacerbate your symptoms and, and exacerbate quite a few symptoms um like I know for me it's the fatigue and the brain fog like all of a sudden I just can't process and think and remember things properly but
1: oh I'll tell you what I'm I'm past the brain fog stage thankfully now yeah it's it's mostly fatigue really yeah Yeah. a couple of niggles um but yeah I'm over that part thankfully so there is light at the end of the tunnel
0: absolutely (laughs) and 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 to echo that myself you know like I'm now nine months into living with long COVID and I didn't realize I had it until six months in um, when I crashed Um, and it's taken me about four months now to recover from that crash and I'm now at the point where I feel like I'm nearly normal again Um, I'm back to work full time just um, I'm not exercising and I'm still needing to pace my activities in terms of resting so I'm not I'm not normal Darren I'm, I'm like I'd say 70 to 80% Darren, um, nearly there. Uh, so very close there, but I'm, I'm on this precipice of, I could push too far too quickly. So I'm just holding back a little bit. Yeah. So, I,
1: you know, how much further do I take this? Do I go back into the exercise or not? One thing I have been, have been doing Mm
0: -hmm. is,
1: um, um, which is, Great for doing some light exercise, but also um, for mental health as well, is um, Tai Chi uh, and Qigong. And um, there's a gentleman on Facebook, he does it for free at uh, 9 a.m. in the morning and 9, a, 9 p.m. in the evening. And he's called Michael Tingle. And I've been doing his like gentle exercise every day just because. Um, because of the fatigue, I wasn't really doing any exercise. And to, I don't know about you, but to help keep me going, sugar cravings were just off the scale.
0: <laughs> so it
1: was, you know, whatever I could get oh, chocolate biscuits. Chocolate. <laughs> I, I know it was going to happen at Christmas anyway, wasn't it? it was uh,
0: um,
1: and birthday chocolates as well. And I've got a cake sitting behind the laptop ready. Yeah, that birthday
0: cake, I want to see it at some point. <laughs>
1: kids made
0: it is it not worthy of a podcast on YouTube (laughs) I'm
1: hoping it tastes good (laughs) yeah better right (laughs) so doing the Tai Chi is kind of a start for me um you know the gentle movement um you know it's supposed to unblock chi energy and you know if you're bit hippie like that like me I kind of like all that kind of meditation and it's just one of the things I've found to help me so meditation been meditating every day um doing the Tai Chi 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 Gong as well Mm -hmm. um the water coloring helps with stress and you know it's just finding the new new activities that makes you feel like you you're doing something um and You know, you've got things that you enjoy doing because, you know, the stuff that you would normally do and you can't actually do at the moment. So it's like adapting, really.
0: It is, and it's re-channeling that energy into something else, isn't it? And it sounds like you've been really, really successful in, in finding things that are not only good for you, but also not detrimental to your symptoms. Um, because obviously there are some people that, that can't do those things because their symptoms are so bad. And there are others that are doing way more than you and I. Um, the variability in people is, is quite profound. Um, I wanted to ask you our hot topic question. Uh, so, you know, like we discussed this before, didn't we? What's the hot topic? And you said not living with fatigue. And I wondered if you could tell us what you mean by that.
1: Well, I suppose it's the effect that fatigue has on your life, really. Kind of that's what it means to me. The mm. fact that fatigue can be so bad that you're kind of not living um, and like we were discussing, it's, you know, finding ways um, to re-channel um, those, well, lack of energy, should I say, um, or your interests, you know, adapting to new hobbies. Um, I think as well, um, going back to the self-care as well, you know, um, it's for me, it's being able to, you know, change yourself as a person. If you've always been a yes person, and oh, you know and not liking to let people down I think that's really hard actually you know you make plans and then you wake up on the day and think oh do you know what I feel really fatigued today and you could be just going for a one hour dog walk with someone but you don't feel like you're up to it and it's being honest with yourself and not pushing yourself and all that sometimes you do have to let people down say look up you know i'm feeling really fatigued i'm really sorry i know it's you know we we're supposed to be meeting in half an hour now now i've actually got dressed and put my clothes on you know i had a shower even doing that some days can make you feel fatigued can't it when you're in that really low kind That's of energy um phase um even that you can, you can wake up and feel great And by the time you've had the shower wash your hair got dressed you're like oh actually i'm depleted now i can't meet this person and it's just you really have to put yourself first be honest with your friends and just say look i'm really tired I, i'm really sorry i know it's late notice but i just can't meet you now and um yeah paint your week don't book in too much for yourself to do um you know, and just rest, really. Yeah, That's what it means, like the not living fatigue. You kind of feel like you're not living and mm-hmm. it's just finding ways to pace yourself so that you can get back as close as you can to your old self, really.
0: Yeah, it really resonates really strong. And I think also um, in our group, Long COVID Physio, that, that's also been a bit of a, a consistent theme throughout, hasn't it, that uh, the first of all, the, the difficulty saying no, um, I think maybe as rehab professionals we're, we're all a bit of a active go get our type A personality and we're often very much yes people yes I'll do it yes I want to do it come on I'll do it again um, and it's you, you can't you can't yeah. you've got to prioritize yourself and 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 with that learning like really learning what planning is what prioritization is what pacing is and then also adding in to the three p's my own personal one which is precaution um being precautious of things and and all of that is what you described isn't it it's it's that self-compassion it's that self-awareness it's the self-monitoring and self-management because of it
1: yeah totally and when you're such a conscientious person as well Um, you know you don't want to let your colleagues down you don't want to be off sick you don't want to cancel appointments with your friends and let them down you know it's um yeah you really have to kind of relearn your own behaviors as well don't you really
0: oh completely i I, it was a real hard lesson for me learning to say no like that's been i'm 37 so and it's taken me 37 years to learn to say no And for people that know me, they'll probably realise how really hard that's been. <laughs> <laughs> but you, may, but also this, this, this not living with fatigue is also really difficult in terms of the prioritisation list, isn't it? Because yeah. when, when, when you're when you're having those days where what you can functionally manage might be as much as getting out of bed and getting washed and dressed even if that's good on a a bad day, Um, and then what you want to do might be different, and then how you have to navigate that, and navigate what's a priority, what's a a must that in my day, and you know, like I I know when I was at my worst, I was uh, not prioritizing getting washed and dressed some days, (laughs) so that I could have enough energy to be like, I need communicate with somebody i'm going to use that energy to speak to my mum today
1: I wasn't sitting next
0: to you then. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, it wasn't. It wasn't every day, so it wasn't every day. But <laughs> but, but it is. It's a balance, isn't it, in navigating that? And I think you know, I mentioned before how much we've learned from other people uh, living with chronic health conditions, and how grateful we are uh, to those people in sharing their knowledge and their skills for us. Um, uh, it's it's still a, a journey no matter how much knowledge you've got. And like, I know for me, like I thought being a rehab professional, I might understand this better, but it's given me a real insight uh, into what it's like living with it and how different that feels.
1: And I think we can help our patients as well a lot better because we've got that understanding
0: Mm. of how
1: they're feeling and fatigue. And Mm. I think that really, you know, help us on our journey as professionals as well.
0: Yeah, I hope, you know, like, this, this whole long COVID thing uh, can come across a bit negative at times, can't it? And it could all be a bit doom and gloom. But actually, looking at the positive side like that is also just as important as recognising the challenges and, and seeing the opportunities for um, people that may have gone through this to improve certain aspects of their lives, particularly their personal, but also their professional lives, like I know now. I will be a much better physio because of my journey that I've been through. And I really hope that I can adopt those skills to support people in their journeys with chronic health conditions, no matter what it may be.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think, um, you know, going back to my kind of hippie and meditating side, you know, every, every experience has something to, you know, something we can learn from it. There's a positive in every experience. And maybe one of one of ours is, you know, taking better care of ourselves, not being yes people. And, you know, it's definitely a lot to learn from this situation. Mm. Yeah. yeah. and not on what we've been through.
0: Absolutely. And hopefully our, our, our colleagues, our friends, our, our significant others, our loved ones, our families can also learn from us, too, I hope. Uh, just like we've learned from other people, um, I know that I, I'm I'm really grateful to my colleagues who have been understanding and accommodating, um, and and also respectful. I think that's that's something that's been uh, so so valuable, where people have actually respected. Um, when you say you're having a difficulty, even though you might look absolutely normal and you're still smiling because that's your personality, uh, you know, they, they they respect it. And that's been so important. And I, I, I personally want, want to echo how important that is uh, so that people know to keep doing it because it's really important.
1: <laughs> and you know, half the battle is just that initial asking for help in the first place when you're such a capable person and you know a go getter person full of all this energy it it's really alien to actually say "Look, I'm not feeling great please can I have some help or do you yeah. mind if I do some non-clinical for an hour and you know that feels alien it's half the battle you know of, yeah. of um being sensible to you know your own well-being and, and asking for that help as well
0: yeah how did you get to that point then of being able to um maybe acknowledge that you needed to uh recognize the symptoms and accept them but then also reach out for support how how did that process go for you in your workplace
1: well it was with great difficulty for me at first just you know being able to ask for help um but um well i did a face return back to work and um and then which was fine and i felt fine and then I went full time, and it was a few weeks in that I then had a like, bit of a crash. I think oh, I did a weekend; that was it. I did a weekend, and I could kind of feel myself going downhill. Um, one of the things that I have had is that my temperature will go up—not to you know full fever, but kind of low-grade temperature—and my glands would come up in my neck. And um, and you think, oh, well, you know, I can feel I'm going downhill a bit and um um so I rang in and said look am I okay to work because um the other thing you worry about as well when you start having a um a relapse it's like oh I haven't got COVID again have I I don't know if you've ever felt like that uh, and then you worry why well, have I picked it up again <laughs> so um it's got you know monitoring your temperature make sure it's not going up and you're not going to be taking it in anywhere else but um Yeah, so I worked the weekend um, and I had like Friday off and so that I could have the Monday off. So I had a day off either side of the weekend. And then by Sunday night, I crashed. I just felt horrible. Um, And the glands were back up again. Um, Temperature, low grade temperature again. And just felt so fatigued I couldn't even get out of bed didn't feel hungry couldn't even be bothered to go downstairs and get a drink of water just laid there like staring at the wall. <laughs> and um yeah and then like um I think I had a couple of days off work felt better and then when I got into work I sat down you know like we get in first thing in the morning it's over from the nurses um and um, see what patients we've got today, who's on the ward, who's gone where? wherever, you know, just checking in that handover. And I looked at it, and I remember not being able to make head nor tail of it, um, just looking at it. And then like the room just started spinning. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of when I, you know, my colleague was with, with me at the time, and I just had to tell him, look, I'm not feeling great at all. I think I've come back too soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and just told them how I was feeling, really. Yeah, but um, that was you know before that I was kind of thought I was getting on quite nicely really. It felt tired um, after going back to work full time, and but then you just come home and you rest, don't you? And you don't think anything of it. You know you're going to feel tired. Uh, you know kind of that adapting from going from the part time that phase return. You're expecting that tiredness, but you don't then don't know when you've pushed it too much because you know you're going to be tired anyway.
0: Yeah. It, it, you know what? I wonder how many other people are experiencing the same thing as you in that sense where it's you, you're, you're silently suffering, um, maybe not fully aware of what's actually going on. But the point where the point of no return is kind of where you crash and you're left with no option, but to, to actually have and receive help um because you just you just can't carry on um so I, I really don't know how many people are out there that are suffering the same like apparently the data is one in ten people with with covid are developing long covid but i wonder what, how accurate that may even be because there's so many colleagues i know that don't think they've got long covid yet they describe all similar symptoms to like what you've had and others describe.
1: Yeah, and acceptance as well, isn't it? And, and I think just after the, the acute phase, you don't know what way it's going to go, do you? No. And you don't know what to expect from, um, you know, your recovery, really. It's so different for everyone. Some people have it for, you know, a week and they're back to work the week after and feel, you know, really minor symptoms then to the people, uh, you know, have got really bad symptoms And you just don't know what way it's going to go. And you know you're going to feel tired when you go back after having it, but you just don't know the intensity of it or how long it's going to last really.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose that's where kind of understanding how we describe things is important as well, because I think sometimes a lot of people don't quite understand it when we describe like fatigue, this kind of overwhelming sense of someone's turned the lights off. And, and it's, it's, it's different to, I've just done a day at work and I'm feeling a bit knackered or I'm tired, isn't it? It's, 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 someone switched you off kind of fatigue. Yeah,
1: like a complete dead battery, isn't it? You've just got nothing left to give.
0: Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Well, Sue, I think we've discussed so many important things here in our very first Long Covid (laughs) physio podcast. Um, So we've gone through, like, symptoms. We've gone through your journey. We've talked about acceptance, reaching out for help, pacing, learning from other people, learning ourselves, sharing our experiences. Like, is there anything that you would like for people that may be listening to this podcast to maybe take home as a key message from this?
1: Oh, I think at times you can really feel like you're on your own and you're, you know, the only one that's suffering with this and no one understands you. Um, But I think there are groups out there like ours, long COVID, um physio group on facebook if you are suffering from long covid then you know join us we're all muddling along together but um, i think also you know don't forget about your mental health as well that's so important and your mental health goes along with your physical health Mm -hmm. you know if you do feel like it's affecting you mentally you know reach out to someone um, give your doctor a call let them know that you're worried about your mental health There's apps like um, Headspace, there's Calm, there's Insight Timer for meditation um you know if you're really having a real mental health crisis um, and the samaritans are and they're on number
0: 116123
1: Um, there's also um um, a lot of mental health for them as well they've got talking therapies and the nhs is currently advertising um every mind matters and that's got really good resources on there for mental health
0: wow what a comprehensive summary of so many important things like what we can do so is maybe like at the bottom of this video on youtube we'll put all those links um in the description yeah. because actually they're, they're such important resources and like you say that there, there are groups out there uh, so our group is obviously for physiotherapists and support workers globally living with long covid but there's so many other groups and yeah. Uh, yeah. lots of groups in different settings in countries there's the original groups like uh body politics group and the long COVID group, um, long COVID support and long COVID SOS and there's all these other ones as well around the country and so hopefully it's an important message that people know they don't need to suffer in silence and and be isolated in this and and thank you so much for sharing all those important resources and for also emphasising the link between mind and body and how we've got to look after both. Uh, so, Sue, so I'm going to say thank you so much for joining me today on our very first Long COVID Physio podcast, and uh, hope and happy birthday, and also happy new year!
1: <laughs> Thanks, Darren, and I'll tell you what, it's so fab to actually talk to you in person rather than, you know, just um, chatting to each other on Facebook, so that's fab, really nice to chat to you today. I know,
0: we've actually got to meet properly, so there we go, Long COVID brings us together. <laughs> <gasps> okay.
1: Oh, enjoy the rest of-